Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Turbocharge your customer experience results with nice CX-1. Now you can rapidly scale extraordinary CX with the power of the cloud. Nice CX-1 is the most complete customer experience cloud platform and is trusted by thousands of organizations around the globe. With CX-1, you can deliver frictionless self-service as well as top-notch digital and agent-assisted interactions. Get cloud-powered CX at scale. Learn more at nice.com. That's nice.com. Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 279, Episode 3 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. God, I want a carless Sunday. Whoa. Let's all just run day. Whoa. A car's our dumb day. Whoa. Don't drive your truck that weighs a ton day. That is courtesy of Chrissy Gucci Man. Just referencing the the idea of carless Sundays, which, you know, at a certain point in the Netherlands, they decided to stop having cars run their lives. I know there would be a ton of problems at first and, you know, we would have to build up a, an infrastructure for people to get around if we decided to do that. But I still, I still think it's a nice idea to aspire to. All right. Well, I am thrilled to be joined by a very special guest co-host, one of the best best podcasters doing it anywhere, an old friend from the crack days, a Jeopardy champion, the host of the podcast, Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. It's Alex Schmidt! <laughs> hey, it's me, Alex Schmidt, a.k.a. John Jacob Jingle Trender Schmidt. There he is. Thank you to thank you to their username is Lady Feet on the Discord. I was telling Jack I just searched the name Schmidt in the Zeitgeist Discord. Uh, that may not be for me, but I grabbed it. Thank you. It, it is for you now. <laughs> and I took your AK because you wrote it into the doc. I took your AK to be 
You are both John Jacob Jingle Trender Schmidt and also known as Lady Feet on the disc. Yeah. I thought that. <laughs> I was like, Lady Feet, interesting. I, I like that for you. A truly wild disclosure, if that's where I went. <laughs> like, by the way, <laughs> by the way, really into feet, ladies. Could use some picks. Alex, we are thrilled to be joined by an interdisciplinary artist and writer whose writing you can read at Hyperallergic about stuff like Netflix forgetting to include Puerto Ricans in their reggaeton show and how psychedelics influence artists. Please welcome the brilliant and talented Denise the Vamp DeVille. Subisarita! That's the best intro ever. (laughs) It's wonderful to have you. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I, I need that intro, though, for like, that should be my morning alarm. Yeah, you know? make it. You, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll give you the download. There you go. <laughs> um, where's everybody coming from? Uh, Alex, I know you're on the East Coast. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, we have snow flurries in New York City. Hey, yeah, we're, watch we're out celebrating now. the Ides of March with snow. There you go. Fun times. <laughs> How about you, Denise? I'm in Denver, Colorado. Okay. So. Our weather is actually getting nicer, funny enough. So we're yeah. seeing some sun. It's a beautiful day out. Hey, did we trade weathers? Hey, give it <laughs> hey, back. What's going on here? Give it back. Yeah, it's a rainy Manhattan day <laughs> in Los Angeles here. As that, that seems to be the new norm. It rains a lot, which I'm not complaining. I ain't complaining. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Denise, one of the things you wrote about at Hyperallergic, the psychedelic art scene, Psychedelics, I feel like, are having a moment right now or, like, increasingly a big part of culture. And I'm, like, I, I was just curious to hear you talk about where you think, or or do you think they're having a moment? Have they just always been here? I think when I was a kid, psychedelics were associated with my parents' generation as, yeah. like, hippies, and they just, like, made it look bad and uncool. <laughs> And so, like, I, I'm, I wonder if, like, that is just what happened, is we've had enough separation from the baby boomers <laughs> making it look really silly and weird that we can now, like, get back into the good parts of psychedelics. Yeah, and I think also for my generation, right, it's the dare generation. <laughs> right. So we caught a lot of, like, just say no to drugs and really nothing else, though no one will offer them to you for free. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I think there was a disconnect there with psychedelics. Now, I don't think that they're having a moment. I think they've always been there. Um, I think that the conversation has just become a little bit more open, right? We're open to having larger discussion about the impact of it psychologically, mentally, and where we're kind of going to go from there. And I think it's kind of amazing what's going on in so many of the states now as we're discussing, especially like mushrooms you know, and more natural, holistic, quote unquote, (laughs) ways to get high and to tap into other parts of your consciousness. So I'm completely fascinated, like, by the whole process. Yeah, Yeah, I don't mean to imply I just found out about psychedelics, like, when Joe Rogan started talking about them. But like, yeah, they've been around for a while. I do feel like they're getting, like, somewhat more even like mainstream cultural purchase than they they've had even in the recent fairly recent past so your your article is really fascinating we'll link off to it in the footnotes but everyone should go check it out yeah 
with I'm curious with reporting something out like that, like are people down to talk about it and share about it or are they still kind of don't use my name or or don't share details about me? That was what I was afraid of. I was completely petrified that people were going to be like, absolutely don't share who I am. But yeah. I particularly went through the painstaking process of finding artists that are already pretty open about that conversation and that are really like have dived deep into the whole conversation and how what they're kind of going to do with it in the future and with their work. So I got really lucky, like with Alex and Allison Gray, you know, who were amazing. Like they were just like, here's all of this information on psychedelics. I was like, dude, <laughs> I should do this sometime. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. um, Sounds cool. Yeah. So I was purposely looking for artists that were open. Yeah. And you yourself are an artist. Can you talk a little bit about like something you're working on right now or something you recently completed? Yeah. So I'm mixed media interdisciplinary, which is always weird to say. Um, sometimes they just say like, I'm a very highly hyphenated creative. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm yeah. everywhere and all over the place. And that's part of my neurodivergence as well, right? Like I cannot sit there for like more than a certain amount of time on one kind of project. Yeah. So I have to jump all over. Yeah. And for me right now, I've been focusing a lot of my work on kind of reclaiming, reconnecting and healing the imagery of the Taino people of the Caribbean with mm. my work and kind of cool. retelling their stories through like tarot and, you know, framework that looks really Baroque and lots of gold and stuff. I'm like, give me my gold back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's been a lot of what I've been working on right now. And I should cool. be doing an exhibition soon with Redline Contemporary Art Center. It's still very hush-hush, but right. I guess it's not so hush because I just said it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bleeping all this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. between <laughs> us. Uh, we are going to get awesome. to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about today. I'm seeing the shoplifting panic story bubble up again. So I just wanted to offer an update to our listeners on that, that it's still bullshit. <laughs> still bullshit. <laughs> it's even more real than you thought. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We're going to talk about Lunchables. So big, big win. There, there's this story from ABC7.com that reports the fact that they're going to be serving Lunchables as like school lunches going forward starting next year. And it's reported, like, the story is told as a, like, success story for Kraft Heinz. It's like a underdog success story about how they got un in line with the <laughs> nutritional requirements to have this victory. So well, I want to just talk about that, get your thoughts on Lunchables in general, your experiences. This was apparently one of the biggest business success stories of my lifetime that I wasn't aware it was a business success story. I was just eating the Lunchables as a child, but Oscar <laughs> Mayer saved their bacon, so to speak, by inventing Lunchables. And it was like this massive success and probably very bad for everyone. <laughs> I do. I like the figure of speech because they probably withheld the good bacon for other products. Right. Like Lunchables yes. had much worse meat than bacon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Saving Even their bacon and providing meat paste to the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> Even in the ingredients, I love how it's like meat hyphenated, meat alternative. Yes. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. I don't need to know what it is. <laughs> hey, it was the nineties. Alternative was huge. Alternative right. music. So they we were we were down for some meat alternative, some grunge meat. 
<laughs> Wearing a little flannel. Yeah. Yeah. All of that, plenty more. But first, Denise, yes. the Vamp Deville, <laughs> Subi Sarreta. Do you have something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? It's so funny. My search history is, I, and I know I can curse on here because I've heard it, right? Yes, so I'm super may. excited because I'm still a Puerto Rican girl from Jersey, right? Like I have a dirty potty mouth. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm a former sailor as well. So it's like, <laughs> wow. Years of stuff. <laughs> like sailing boats for real? Uh, no, I was in the United States Navy. Oh, so wow. I'm a veteran. Yeah. Uh, so that, I that's for real. Like thank sailor. you for clarifying. It's not <laughs> yeah. wooden ships, but that's for real. And that's, thank you that's for your service. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Actual sailing? I have no right. idea. Like, so. <laughs> <laughs> but my search history is pretty much a clusterfuck of shit. Like, I, cool. <laughs> I'm constantly Googling everything because I am just like dying to be a useless vat of like information for some strange reason. Mm. So, but the most recent thing I Googled, I think, was probably partly frightening and then partly like just pure scientific curiosity where I was like, can I do this in my own home? <laughs> where scientists found out that there was a, they found a zombie virus that spent like 48,000 years frozen in the permafrost. Whoa. And <laughs> okay. The, zo- the virus doesn't make you a zombie. Right. The virus itself is a zombie is a because zombie. they brought it back to life. <laughs> Good. Good thinking, first of all. And they're like, I just want to so thank much. them for doing <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much of the permafrost. Like, you know, we haven't had enough of crazy viruses in our sci fi plot decade. So yeah. um, apparently we need to add some more. And I <laughs> that was kind of insane. <laughs> yeah. People say they're not doing enough about climate change and the melting of the polar ice caps but they're bringing back zombie viruses that's something right they're yeah getting to work <laughs> <fantastic>. there <laughs> yeah it sounds like more life not less yeah, yeah. more life forms <laughs> so right. basically good sorry and it, are are people worried about it are they is it is it going to increase our scientific understanding of what it was like to have a cold in the Paleolithic or what, like, what, what is the, what's the end goal here? Like, to be fair, the virus is very large, which is interesting, right? Like you could see it under a regular microscope instead of needing like all sorts of other technologies to kind of zoom into it, but it's specific to like single cell organisms. So they're not trying to bring back a virus that's going to kill the entire human race and then make a movie after it. Right. Sure. With the five people that are left behind, probably right. Joe Rogan will be one of them. Yeah. And- <laughs> Joe Rogan, Chris Pratt. I, I haven't settled on the other three, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's to try to help us kind of learn a little bit more about how kind of viruses develop, where we are in that process, you know, and dissecting all of the things that they're kind of finding as these perm, as the permafrost starts to melt. Yeah. And, I'm fascinated, but at the same time, like, I don't trust anyone enough <laughs> to be like, totally. yay, dig deeper. <laughs> Science, you've got this. You haven't fucked us yet. We'll, we'll <laughs> let you take this one. It's funny to me to think about viruses that are big, that, like, you can see. Like, it would be a, much easier to avoid the common cold if it was just, like, a guy, like a thing that was hanging out on the surface of, you know, oh, everything yeah. that my six-year-old touches. Because animals were so much bigger in the Ice Age, right? Like it's a woolly mammoth equivalent of a virus or like a saber-toothed tiger instead of a house cat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the virus eats you. <laughs> they have really yeah. cute personalities too. That's the thing. They're like little whoofies. <laughs> they're they're so hard to resist. <laughs> that's cute that's how they got you. Eye. Yeah. <laughs> what is something you think is overrated? I was. It's so interesting because I was looking at these and I was like, man, this is going to be difficult for me because I actually have a list of <laughs> things that annoy me. Nice. Let them know. So I was like, what's the first thing on my list? And I think overrated, the first thing on my list definitely is the term Latinx. Mm. I'm so tired of hearing it. And (laughs) I just did a talk on it also at Redline where I kind of had to like share some information where I'm like, I really don't understand why we're kind of persisting in this space. And I don't think a lot of people really are having that discussion. The, The majority of people in the community don't really use it. So I find that like, it's absolutely annoying to me that it's still here. It's sticking around and it's everywhere. I can't mm. escape it. <laughs> right. Is what the word that you prefer is Latino? Like for broad or what, what, what is the preferred word for you? For me, I prefer to just be called Puerto Rican and Cuban. Sure. Um, it's much more descriptive, right? So that you understand what my cultural nuance is, right? My milieu. <laughs> yes, totally. And so the term Latino in general to me, or Hispanic, or all of these other kind of terms that jumble us all in together, just sure. continue this process of us being all seen as the same, right? Continuing that monolith. So for me, it's kind of like Latinx is like, you, you know, you've heard it, right? You can shine a turd, but it's still a turd. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're, you're trying to modernize a term that's already like super offensive and messed up. So like, I really don't understand the need for the hegemonic like nature of it, right? For it to now have an English ending. <laughs> like <laughs> Have the woke version of the hegemonic insulting term. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We're good here. Okay. I put, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah I think informative. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've, it's good to hear about that because I've heard a little bit about it in general. Yeah, that it's sort of been imposed from outside or brought in by people who didn't ask for new words or additional words that, that aren't as helpful. Right. And there was already like a gender inclusive word in Spanish. So Latine already existed. Oh, okay. So it was oh. interesting to see the X kind of get thrown in where you're like, dude, we don't, we don't <laughs> use an X ever. Like... <laughs> It's there, but shh, don't talk about it. Like, (laughs) how did you put it at the end of the word? Like, this is so confusing. (laughs) And it just seems like English now is really starting to meld in. And we've kind of moved from a new level of Spanglish uh, to just the bastardry of these languages together. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. What is something you think is underrated? Underrated for me definitely is the Puerto Rican independence movement. Mm. I think a lot of the times, like, it's always about statehood and everybody wants to talk about statehood. And I'm like, nobody wants to be a state. Yo. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, read the room. <laughs> like, so I think the talk of Puerto Rican independence uh, is often, like, pushed aside. Even in the major movements that it had throughout time, right now especially, it's definitely not getting the push that I think it really needs to have because there's not a lot of background and how it can be something that's functional. So I yeah. think it, it's definitely underrated. The guy who invented Latinx is like, fine, we'll let you be a state. That's, <laughs> <laughs> but you owe us, okay? 
That's How many favors do I have to do you? Jeez. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, you don't like debt? You don't like debt? <laughs> That's right. Wow. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, the wave of shoplifting that is taking over the country and making it hard for our favorite people. They're people, too. Walmart is a person, and we need to admit that and take care of our Walmart. <laughs> we'll be right back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, You'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. The future of customer experience is here, and it's faster and better than ever before. It's time to introduce your business or organization to Nice CX-1, the world's most complete customer experience cloud platform. CX-1 is the ultimate all-in-one solution to turbocharge your CX results so you can say goodbye to long wait times and frustrated customers. With CX-1, you can achieve faster customer resolutions with every interaction, all thanks to the power of one complete cloud platform. It's now easier than ever for organizations of all sizes around the globe to create extraordinary customer experiences, all while hitting those key business metrics. Whether you're a startup or an established enterprise, Nice CX-1 has everything you need to engage customers, deliver smart self-service, and optimize agent-assisted service. When you choose Nice, you get unlimited cloud scalability and flexibility. So visit nice.com today and take your customers and business into the future. That's nice.com. And we're back. And I, th I think it's... Since the last time we covered shoplifting, we, we talked about the wave of shoplifting being out of control that was used to try to get Chase a 
bootying out of office in in San Francisco and like helped lead to his successful recall and just generally that that was a favored talking point on the right for for a while and in the mainstream media you know the New York Times is not immune from a, a story decrying the crime wave that's out of control and writing an op-ed that says all we need to do is hire one million more police officers <laughs> and America's problems will go away. So since the last time we covered this, there's been a couple of big stories about shoplifting focused on the walls, both Mart and Greens, Walmart and Walgreens. And the the news story that I'm seeing everywhere in the past week is that Walmart, uh, Walmart, is saying that they don't call them their name. They're Walmart now. We don't like their Walmart. <laughs> Walmart's mess yeah. them up. Walmart <laughs> claims they've had to close every single Portland store because of shoplifting. That that is how I've seen it quoted on Twitter. They've had to close every single Walmart in Portland. Like, they, are there stores there still? Every single Walmart. <laughs> It, tur- it turns out there were two Walmarts in all of Portland, and they had to close these two stores for reasons that... So, so at the end of last year, their CEO got on an earnings call and decried theft. It was around the same time that the Walgreens CEO was getting on an earnings call and being like, we were exaggerating. There really wasn't this massive <laughs> theft problem. Um, but anyways, I, I think this story is getting traction because people want to believe that Portland is a city that's out of control, like San Francisco. They, they just want the entire West Coast to be liberal progressives who've lost control of their societies. And that's... There, yeah. the problems yeah. are coming home to roost. The that, wild that's liberal the... west. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The ocean turns them crazy. Or the wild yeah. liberal yeah. west. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that has been a Chiron on the Tucker Carlson short show. Like the wild. Probably not liberal. Probably more like the wild Marxist west or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I... That's easily one of my least favorite conservative tropes. Uh, it, it, that's a heated competition. There's a lot of bad ones. But like being, being from Illinois, they just demonize Chicago that way. And Wisconsin just demonizes Milwaukee. Uh, like conservatives just want to argue that we should remove cities as if they are not part of the country. Yeah. Even though they're <laughs> full of people from the country. Uh, there, there's actually a lot of Americans in there. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, How dare those people count? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, so the truth is, usually these articles are fueled by industry groups and, you know, city departments of commerce or, you know, lobbying groups. And the statistics are always super vague when it comes to what, you know, how much shoplifting <laughs> has grown. It's always <laughs> anecdotal as fuck. And but even on this Walmart story, which is gaining so much traction, even the industry groups are like, this doesn't seem to be what's going on here. 
So there's this article from Oregon Live that says theft and other crime, the Walmart watchers said, is surely a concern for the chain, but the impact is rarely is rarely enough to close an otherwise successful store without warning and especially without appeals to local officials for assistance. That's the other thing. They never actually want to do anything about this problem other than, you know, get the media on their side by complaining about it. And then they say the decision to close down a store is typically linked to sales, said Neil Saunders, managing director of the retail division at Global Data, which often has nothing to do with thefts or shoplifting. And then they point out that Walmart just has never had success in Portland because the people of Portland prefer established stores like Fred Meyer, which I that's just a guy's name, but apparently also a store <laughs> in Portland. And it also sells general merchandise alongside groceries. And they say Walmart typically needs to be where they can be a big player and capture all the shares. There are some locations where they've struggled to gain a strong foothold and they've left those places. So this man. Yeah. I just it it drives me so nuts when any highly automated, highly mechanized business suddenly loses track of all the numbers when they yes. want to. Like, how could we track <laughs> shoplifting? We're we're basically a bodega. Stuff is just on our shelves. Now. I don't know. <laughs> we don't we don't know. I don't, we have a security yeah. cat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, you know that if this was the pro a problem that was causing them to have to close stores. They would be working with Boston Dynamic to create some manner of robotic security cat that like <laughs> every Walmart would have a greeter that was also an Ed 209 from RoboCop that yeah. could just turn around and light people up like that's that is what would happen in America if this was as big a problem as they claim it is. Yeah. To your point, Alex, the, so the way that the companies account for this is they lump theft in with shrinkage is what they call it which includes problems they yeah. have tracking inventory right so like and, and people who work at walmart are like no that like it's a small part of that it's it, most of the problem yeah. is that they lose track of inventory because it's a <laughs> massive store and like, you know, things get lost or they over order and the orders are under delivered. And it's just like general businessman fuck ups. And of course, they don't want. First of all, that's more boring than showing videos <laughs> of, you know, an isolated incident of a shoplifter, you know, doing something awesome like Banana shoplifting. Best. Yeah, what? exactly. Banana <laughs> theft is out of control. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it was a corporate ploy. Like from the yeah. top of the top, like they had a meeting, they sat down and they were like, how can we get away with making people think that we're losing money? I know. Have them check out themselves. Yeah. <laughs> how do we make ourselves the victims in this store, this narrative where we just like parachute into the middle of a community and put all of the businesses out of out of business by just, you know, <laughs> using our massive scale. I know we claim that after we've put all those businesses out of business and people are so hungry, they have to occasionally shoplift. We blame the shoplifting yeah. for rising prices. Yeah. And then yeah. they put in that prime option. Right. So it's like, right. Here you go. Check yourself out. Just, there you it's go. okay. 
don't worry about it. We're not going to arrest you later. Stop it. (laughs) That's the other thing we talked about is that a lot of the shrinkage that's happening is because and a lot of the theft is driven by the fact that they have switched to automated checkouts, right? Automated checkout systems make it much easier to shoplift. They have it's not like they were not aware of that when they switched to automated systems. They just made the calculation that the theft was not going to cost them as much as they were saving by not having to pay human employees. Yeah, they just they just built it in. And now they're like finding one video of one guy. And right. And especially honestly, shout out to anybody shoplifting food. Keep it up. There is yes. humongous food waste all across America all the time. Like, but we have a community fridge here that we've been like getting stuff for. And it turns out you can just because stores are like, we don't sell all this stuff, have it. So if you're shoplifting it, you're basically doing it that good. You're putting the food to use. Like, uh, right. you know, legally, I did not tell you to do that. Legal hand waving. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, wink, wink, wink. <laughs> Alex did put... He did put bracket around yeah. the, brackets around that yeah, whole yeah. thing with his hands, so legally you cannot sue him. It's official. <laughs> so official. But, yeah, so and they throw out so much, too. Like, oh, have you yeah. ever seen the dumpsters yeah. behind a Walmart? Like, they push it to the end possible, like the end possible degree of like, this is still kind of good, but yeah. not really. But I would rather yeah. throw it away <laughs> than give it to you. So it's like, they're their purchase orders and like the whole thing is just such a mess that it's it's just kind of hilarious to me that they're confused. I was reading yeah. an old <laughs> I was reading an old I, I forget what it was, but it was like an old work of nonfiction, like from I think it was like the eighties or nine oh, I think it was City of Courts actually about LA, like the really great oh, yeah. history of LA and everybody should check it out. But the author is writing about this new thing that they're seeing and he like can't get his mind around it and it's that they put locks on their dumpsters to and he he's just like how dystopian is this world where they're putting <laughs> locks on their dumpsters and that's something that i've like took mike davis is the author so mike davis is like writing in the about los angeles in the early 90s like late 80s and is like they've started putting locks on the dumpsters to prevent people from getting to the food that they're wasting, like what is happening. And that's something that I just was like, had taken for granted a long time ago, that that's just something corporations do. But it's interesting to like see, see somebody see it again with fresh eyes and just be like, oh no, what, what are we becoming? And then the guy from the corporation is like, not only could they get food out of this, they could use it for shelter. Imagine that horrible event right. if someone did that. If they had somewhere to be <laughs> yeah. during the a worst place. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, because this is my top choice, right? Like, I definitely right. want to be in the meat dumpster behind the Walmart in the mm. middle of a blizzard. I, right. you know, that's a Friday yeah. night for me. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is that yeah. where I know you from? Were we in the same? Were <laughs> yeah. we in the same? <laughs> this is what kids are doing these days. This is where they party is at the dumpsters behind Walmarts to get free handouts. The other article that I was seeing a lot of a uh, few weeks back is a supposed deep dive by New York Magazine that like goes into the 
seedy underbelly of these crime rings that are supposedly driving this out of control problem in New York. And they, it like definitely starts from the position of, hey, you're in New York. You've seen that all of your like all the things that Walgreens and Dwayne Reed are locked in big, clear plastic boxes. What's up with that? And yeah. so they're, you know, use that as the starting point And they're like, crime is out of control. And they get listened to these people, you know, the industry experts who are like, they're actually big organized crime rings. There are these people called boosters who just nine to five take stuff from store shelves. It's an organized crime wave. And they find no evidence of that. Like all all the shoplifting is bit. <laughs> he doesn't find a single example of somebody who's a shoplifter, like a regular shoplifter who's not trying to support a addiction like a, a drug habit like that it's just desperate people yeah all, all of these stories are like almost just scorsese movies or something like just <laughs> right. get your entertainment that way folks you don't need to read these fakey news stories that claim yeah. this is going on like just consume crime fiction there's so much of it out there <laughs> yeah <laughs> just go all the way <laughs> like they're coming for the couponers next you know <laughs> like yeah I'd see that at the arc light or whatever. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Like, <laughs> is this not South by Southwest? <laughs> they openly acknowledge like their statistics are impossible to come by, but they don't acknowledge that the fact that statistics are impossible to come by is because the companies don't want you to know like that it's not as big a problem as you that as your story right. wants it to be. And then there's just a lot of language like this. To the extent that there has been a nationwide spike in shoplifting, and <laughs> the problem likely got worse during the pandemic. So it's just a lot of those words that if you have like taken a journalism course or something, you're like, uh-huh. Oh, okay. So we, we're just suppose, <laughs> supposing that there is this problem that this entire article is predicated on. It's, it's clunky enough that it sounds like they forced the anti-shoplifting robot to write it. Like they sat about a computer and made them <laughs> right. beat their big metal hands at it. Yeah. <laughs> you tell them what's right. You tell them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a quote from the art. Every generation goes through a shoplifting panic and comprehensive data on this frequently un unreported crime is nearly impossible to come by. That's like, yeah, there's there's a reason why you're you're getting the scoop on this one and other journalistic institutions have not done their big shoplifting article yet but it doesn't stop people from writing about it the new york post had a headline walmart to close remaining portland stores as crime-ridden city battles shoplifting wave so it's you know it's gonna keep going unfortunately and that's frustrating but as long as as long as we know you know as long as we know the truth I feel like I'm talking to like a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you have friends, so don't listen to them. They're bullies. <laughs> yeah. I do I do always kind of hope this story will this kind of story will wear itself out, you know? Like every every election they've been doing a conservative story about a migrant caravan. And you, you would think there's not enough juice in that to do it eternally, you know? And so hopefully this one wears out too. Yeah. Everybody owns a thesaurus over there, right? Like they're just flipping <laughs> right. in every way. <laughs> this headline again, different words though. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> News. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And by yeah. the way, if you're shoplifting a thesaurus, almost as good as shoplifting food. Keep it up. That's that's just going to teach you stuff. <laughs> that's I, I, that's I right. honor that. You we know? support the shoplifting of food and thesaurus size. <laughs> Thesauruses? I don't know. I don't know. Thesauri? Thesauruses? Uh, of all the time to not have one. Uh, oh, no. uh, oh, boy. Oh, geez. Does thesaurus have thesaurus in it? Do, does it have the word thesaurus in it? It just creates a black hole when you look yeah, for it. When just you look reality for it. Collapses. Yeah. That's right. Yes, that's it. <laughs> yeah, this is, I don't know. There's, I'm reminded a lot in covering the news these days, I'm reminded a lot of the documentary hypernormalization and just the, the, concept of that which is that we created this massive global economy that is too powerful and has too much inertia for anybody to do anything about so we are all and have been for the past like since the 80s just been sitting back and wa- watching whatever it chooses to do like whatever this massive like hmm. hyper I don't I wouldn't call it a hyperintelligence but like it's making decisions that aren't controlled by any human and we're just sitting back like watching it and trying to tell a story around it uh, at this Did point. Did you just describe the shit monster from Dogma? Like Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Well, Dogma got That's to it first. First thing yeah. that it popped in my head. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the with climate with and it, yeah anything with prices change prices going up and people needing to steal to eat and it's all just sitting back and trying to tell stories about this thing that you know we talked yesterday about this massive drilling project that biden just uh, approved and it's like this vast chunk of land in alaska and in order to make it possible, they have to put chillers into the earth to make the earth cold enough for them to be able to drill into the earth to get the oil out, which will it then exacerbate climate change. And it's it's just like, you know, he ran on stopping these sorts of things, but it's there's just this massive machine that's out of everybody's control and everybody's just posturing around it, basically. Hopefully burn it all not. down. Yeah. Just burn it all down. I, I see the next story here. It's about Lunchables. Uh, just humongous economy forces. I'm imagining like a Lunchables pizza over the earth, like the Independence Day ship. <laughs> yes. Know? Like we're just. Yeah. It's coming for us. Extra extra cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> Launching pepperoni yeah. at you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. And he takes a bite out of it, you know. But yeah. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about good news, such as that Lunchables will now be a core part of school lunches. We'll be right back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, You'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. The future of customer experience is here, and it's faster and better than ever before. It's time to introduce your business or organization to Nice CX-1, the world's most complete customer experience cloud platform. CX-1 is the ultimate all-in-one solution to turbocharge your CX results so you can say goodbye to long wait times and frustrated customers. With CX-1, you can achieve faster customer resolutions with every interaction, all thanks to the power of one complete cloud platform. It's now easier than ever for organizations of all sizes around the globe to create extraordinary customer experiences, all while hitting those key business metrics. Whether you're a startup or an established enterprise, Nice CX-1 has everything you need to engage customers, deliver smart self-service, and optimize agent-assisted service. When you choose Nice, you get unlimited cloud scalability and flexibility. So visit nice.com today and take your customers and business into the future. That's nice.com. And we're back. And... Speaking of the extra, extra cheesy, because that is one of the flavors that made it into, like, made it through the school nutrition filter and is going to be on offer. There's the turkey cheese crackers and the extra cheesy pizza is the other version of Lunchables that will children will be able to buy for school lunch next year that I I never did you guys ever eat the cheese pizza version of Lunchables that always grossed me out so much (laughs) far too many times my friend far too many times (laughs) how does it not feel like you're eating a pizza before it's in the oven or is that what it feels like to be fair I was living in Florida at the time so if you just (laughs) left it outside for a little while you were good there you go okay yeah 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 sure exactly exactly (laughs) and nothing else would eat it so it was great like you could put it on the sidewalk cook the bottom you know ants wouldn't touch it you're like this is this is totally good for me i'm i'm gonna put this in my pie hole today super super gross (laughs) the ants just move out of the neighborhood (laughs) so the story is framed as you know as a story would be in the United States as a success story for, I mean, we're like, we've been talking about how the new go-to movie protagonist is like brands that we like, you know, the, the Air Jordan, mm-hmm. one of my favorite, most beloved brands, 
there's a movie coming out that is where that's essentially the protagonist. They didn't even cast anybody to play Michael Jordan. It's just the story of like people coming up with the marketing idea that people like people <laughs> I've heard of who saw it say it's good. <laughs> it's directed by Ben Affleck, who has made things that I've enjoyed in the past. But when, like when, when I was growing up in Chicago, I had a lot of posters on my wall of the shoe company executives who did develop the film. Yeah, that Phil Knight poster it. where he's just kind of leaning against a wall in a brown yeah. blazer. Yeah. <laughs> but th- this ABC News story is kind of written from that perspective. The opening sentence, Kraft Heinz has succeeded in getting its ready-to-eat packaged Lunchables into school lunch programs starting this fall in a major new initiative. So we know who our protagonist is. It's the Kraft Heinz company. <laughs> and they've apparently been trying to do this for a while. Like, that's what I got from that whole line. Where I was yes. like, oh, this isn't new. <laughs> yes. It's been a long effort of just having honest conversations and probably no lobbying efforts or anything like that. <laughs> no, it's, right. it's probably been. Yeah, th- this is the problem with having a society that is run by massive multinational corporations who are ultimately making the decisions and like have the power to bend regulatory agencies to their will. So in what seems like a major omission of guilt in order to get their food for kids <laughs> served alongside, you know, burnt rectangular pizza, sloppy joes, like the the stuff that is normally in school lunches, they had to reformulate the ingredients to meet the guidelines of like stuff that you should be allowed to serve to kids. You have to actually put food in it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What, we can't just give them salt? Dang. It would like, it would be funny if these are amazing now. I do want to see one where like it comes out and it's this amazing gourmet pizza or something. Yeah, because I beautiful. I, would, I yeah. would just watch all the all the kids squirting that sauce onto that cracker. Yeah, which is a pizza, and I it just never looked great. But oh man, <laughs> I've read the ingredients, and I love that the sauce is that it says like red and orange vegetable paste, and I'm like, I don't, I don't <laughs> know what that means. I don't even do I want to know what that means. <laughs> that's that's always a real problem when they go from <laughs> e- extremely complicated scientific terms that like make your brain hurt to even try and like figure out how to pronounce them back to something that is like extra basic like natural flavors <laughs> or yeah <laughs> red and orange vegetable paste is like oh why are you guys being so vague that is that suggests there is danger here. Hey, we disclosed both colors, okay? We disclosed both colors. We're being very open about this. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you should have seen it first, okay? It was a really horrible ship round, and we managed to make it work with some food coloring and some pureed carrots. Like, yeah. we've got this. <laughs> That's And that is the act one break where you, where they succeed in getting the brown paste to look red and that's when that that's what gets people excited for that's like the inciting incident in the in the movie about lunchables getting in to be the school lunch directed by ben affleck but so (laughs) it looks more like pizza every day I really want to see that. That that movie would be amazing. Like, obviously, you couldn't. You'd have to call them something different. But yeah, just a 
really straight-faced, triumphant <laughs> tale of them trying to get these under the censors who are like, this, is, this isn't food. Like, I can't, I can't in good conscience let, let you sell this to children. And they're like, <laughs> go back to the drawing board. <laughs> it's going to be food. You better get on board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these the things are up there like, it's food to me. Yes. And then they win the, the musical. Yeah. Yes. Immediately. <laughs> you have to break out in song. It's so bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they still will be selling the sodium bomb variety that. I'm pretty like when I eat something that is this high in sodium, I look the next day like my face was like bee stung all over the place from just the amount of water retention that happens when you have this much sodium. Oh, but man, I, I, I have been giving your bees so much grief and now I have to go apologize <laughs> yeah, yeah. to the whole hive. I know. Well, that's what I tell people. I said, sorry, I've been bee stung, but it's actually just I, I ate four bowls of ramen the night before. <laughs> Instant ramen choices <laughs> can't open my eyes all the way but yeah so i i don't know that this feels like what we should expect this is what our best scientific minds are working on like now now that they've mastered the doritos like the mouth feel of the nacho cheese doritos and made them like as addictive as possible and <laughs> you know figured out how to turn them into taco bell taco shells they are on to bringing the cold, extra cheesy pizza, factory-made meals, like just under the barrier for nutrition guidelines and <laughs> still addictive enough to probably warp the entire like health of, of these children for, for years to come. But I don't know. The, the other goal here, they, they really, by reading an article wherein Kraft Heinz is the protagonist, you get this <laughs> they're, they're just openly like sharing what their goals are like they said <laughs> one of the main selling points for schools is that the lunchables for schools don't need to be frozen but kept refrigerated quote minimizing school labor needs and costs so it's just a way to cut out more labor to to fire lunch ladies essentially i don't and, know how they're saving costs though. like does it it's going to create more waste Right. Oh, so, for sure. <laughs> so now you're going to spend more in disposing of this waste that you're definitely not going to recycle. Right. And right. which even if you did recycle it, probably wouldn't actually get recycled. <laughs> right. So like the cycle <laughs> continues, you know, it's fun times. Yeah. I feel like this do is related to Walmart in the sense that a lot of capitalism for the past like 30 years has just been reformatting like our markets and our you know societies so that all of the is just being like siphoned by these big central corporations right and, and so this is another way to just cut out any spending that goes to the local community like in the form of chefs who come into the schools and like make hot lunches for children like you got to get rid of that because that's wasted spending we could just be getting that money directly here at Kraft Heinz and just siphon all the money directly to a publicly traded corporation I also yeah. wonder like what are the pharmaceutical drugs that are going to come from this being advertised to children going to look like right like <laughs> right. <laughs> here's for your hypertension and it's in the shape of a you know like, yeah what? 
<laughs> to be like Flintstone gummies, you know, for hypertension and like seven-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we used every color. Again, we are really <laughs> big on the yeah. whole rainbow. You know the rainbow, right? Great. We used the whole rainbow. We plugged it in. <laughs> Uh, you don't know what a zucchini is, but you know you know what this color is, right? It kind of looks like something healthy. Right. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what zucchini is, but you know green vegetable paste that you get to spread <laughs> on your turkey and cheese crackers. We we actually have to put the turkey in quotes on the box, unfortunately. But yeah, you get. And it. if we read you it out it. loud, we have to say it in a really sarcastic voice. It's just it's the law. We follow the law, right? <laughs> We're doing our best here. <laughs> For the purposes of, uh, and by the instruction of our legal department, I will be making this entire statement in air quotes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so I just want to read this other quote from later on in the article. But offering Lunchables in school cafeterias might be welcome in some school districts that are struggling with higher food costs and labor shortages, says Diane Pratt Hevner, spokesperson for the School Nutrition Association, a trade group with 50,000 members representing school food service providers. So the it's that that seems like, OK, that person was on mm. part of an organization that got lobbied to shit, to uselessness, but also just the higher food costs and labor shortages are also these talking points of like, well, you could lower the prices on food because the inflation was really just a thing where fuel companies decided to raise raise prices and get more get more money. And then labor shortages is the thing where it's, you know, sorry, guys, we can't open the bar because nobody wants to work anymore. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> Like some school districts are struggling, like in other words, <laughs> right? marginalized communities that we don't want to feed properly. Yay. Yes. Like yeah. that's exactly what they're trying to say. Like we know these kids at like charter schools in like these really, yeah. really well-funded areas are not going to be eating extra, extra cheesy Lunchable cardboard Absolutely. pizza, right? Yes. <laughs> they're of ordering course. from like DoorDash for lunch. And they're like, mom. I'm having sushi. Don't care what's on this lunch menu. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're going to have it delivered for me today. So yeah. I also find that that's kind of funny, like the way that they tend to word those things, mm -hmm. make it seem like they're trying to really help in a situation where they're actually just making things so much worse for those children in those communities. Yes. Yeah. I also wonder if if kids know how powerful this Kraft Heinz company is. Right. Like, like <laughs> I think I was a kid when they merged. Those used to be two companies and they were already yeah. huge. And then they, they were became massive. Yeah. Even yeah. and then they just decided we don't like to compete with each other and let's just be all of the food. Like like there's <laughs> there's so many levers for solving the problem they have described and it doesn't have to just be their favorite lever to pull. You know what I mean? We could right. we can do other ways to do this. Yeah. I also wonder if they saw the school lunch debt stories that we all saw instead of seeing like a problem that illustrated how bad things have gotten in our country. They like saw an opportunity to like get some of that sweet, sweet school lunch money. They're mm. like, ooh, school <laughs> lunch debt, you say. That's that's where it's at. School lunches <laughs> cost a lot of money. Anyways, what did you guys have a favorite lunchable? Let's <laughs> on the I, on the back end. <laughs> let's talk <laughs> let's talk seriously though. Lunchables. Whatever were, was on sale. <laughs> I, I do think lunchables made me like 
crackers and cheese and crackers more than I otherwise would have. I still really love cheese and crackers, I think, because Lunchables, my brain like lit up every time I got to eat. My parents didn't give me Lunchables and I was mad at them for that at the time. (laughs) Yeah, I I wasn't given them and I felt left out. But also, I I think that led me to believe they're incredibly expensive when I I don't actually know that they are or not. I just I was just like, why do the other kids have that? But I I had a lot of like similar food and I really like Ritz bits in a similar cheese and crackers way where it's it's two tiny Ritzes and then like a cheesy spread in the middle, which is Mm -hmm. probably Lunchables essentially and was great. Yeah, really good. (laughs) Powdered cheese in between two crackers. Yeah, yeah. But with quotes around it, and you have to say it real sarcastic. And yeah, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Absolutely, I got whatever was on sale. So, yeah. like, I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm my sure mom my was like, "Here you go. What's on sale? It's on sale in bulk. Yay!" I think the day that she got like a, it used to be a different store, but now I guess it's bought. It got bought out by Costco, right? So Price Club, right? So she's like, yeah. "I have a membership. I'm so excited. What am I going to do?" Lunchables in bulk. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask me for nothing. I don't want you to ask me for snacks. Don't ask me for breakfast. Don't ask me for dinner. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, when I like read the story about the tremendous success of Lunchables, it was in a book that was at least partially about like the obesity epidemic in, in the country and how hmm. these companies, like, it was basically the people who manufactured the smoking like you know got everybody addicted to cigarettes like once those became less and less legal and more and more regulated they shifted their focus to food and basically used the same approach to like get people addicted to their food and make money and drove the obesity epidemic and yeah i mean there's still regulators but they regulators don't stand a chance with craft hines they wouldn't stand a chance with Craft or Heinz, let alone Craft Heinz, now that they're one giant conglomerate. Like, we own everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, Denise, it's been such a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? I am not a huge fan of Twitter, so you can find me on Instagram. There you go. <laughs> At the Vamp DeVille and on my website, thevampdeville.com, where you can find out what I'm up to and what I'm doing. Yeah. It's pretty much the only place that I'm hanging out. <laughs> there you go. I wish I was more social media friend. <laughs> Is there, uh, you, that, I think that's probably healthy. They, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm in one it. place. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Is there uh, a work of media that you've been enjoying? It's so funny. It was so hard for me too, because I was like, I don't tweet. So there was no tweets. But then what I saw going around recently is the quote from Peggy Noonan's article in the Wall Street Journal about Ron DeSantis, where she's like, he carries a vibe, as I've said, that he might unplug your life support to recharge his cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I have never heard a human being described so eloquently, perfectly. Damn, Peggy. (laughs) Bars. Fucking ethered him. It was great. It's everywhere. Especially, like, especially interesting because she will eventually endorse him at some right. point. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. His phone is charged. His phone will be charged. Yeah. Joe Biden would let my iPhone run out of battery or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That bastard. You know? <laughs> 
Alex, how about you? Where can people find you? Is there a work of media you've been enjoying? I, I've, I've been enjoying watching TikToks in general, and especially a specific kind where people take their house pet and then they play that old Mr. Sandman song under it, like bum, 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 bum. But then <laughs> you split up the frame. And so then it looks like a bunch of your cat. You like lift it through like it's a synchronized swimmer in those Busby Berkeley musicals. It's great. <laughs> That's the main media I'm enjoying. And if you go on TikTok, I hope the algorithm gives you one. It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> it will now. <laughs> how are none of those nominated for an academy award there's so many categories for shorts how like that, they fucked yeah. up yeah yeah that sounds like art categories <laughs> i see what you did there <laughs> okay yeah there you go <laughs> i'm feline like they got ripped off right hey. <laughs> boom uh and uh and <laughs> boy why did i do that and then transition into a plug Folks, please check out my podcast. Uh, you can it's find more C like that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was good. I didn't Thank even you. know. That. I only knew what the categories thing was referencing once you said that. So oh. <laughs> I did not do mine on purpose. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but uh, and folks, please check out Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Uh, we're newly on the Maximum Fun Network and newly with the wonderful Katie Golden co-hosting yeah, every yep. week. There's other folks coming through, too. But the great Katie Golden of Creature Feature. Of course, check out Creature Feature and uh, just search secretly in your app to find Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Such a good show. And now, oh, even better, me. two of the best, the best in the biz. The best. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A tweet I've been enjoying. I'm still riding for Elon over here at RSGAT. <laughs> is that what that means if I still go to? I'm just lazy. I don't. And I have followers. It's the only place I have followers. Allow, allow me to continue to lurk on Twitter. At RSGAT tweeted, everyone with student loan debt right now. And it's the uh, it's the Willem Dafoe still. Uh, and he's saying, I'm, I'm something of a failed venture capital bank myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed that. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Uh, super producer Justin has been absolutely killing it with the recommendations. I believe... That somebody created a playlist with some of his, if if not most of his song recommendations. If we ever find that, yeah, I hope that's true. I'm gonna <laughs> I, look. I'm gonna look for it. But I, yeah, I, <laughs> I think I saw it in the Discord. If you did that, reach out to one of us on you know Twitter and uh, let us know, and we will we'll we'll share that link in the footnotes. Uh, but Justin, what is the song that you think people will be enjoying today? Well, uh, considering the discussion of psychedelics up top, I wanted to suggest this track. Please forgive me if I suggested this song before. I truly can't remember sometimes. But it just means it's extra good. If you yeah, did, true that, true that. you should check it out again. Yeah, okay? absolutely. <laughs> anyway, I'm not a huge fan of the Beatles, but I do find myself liking the psychedelic rock that they inspired. And this track sounds like if they took 
a lot of acid and scored a cosmic car chase sequence. Um, it's, <laughs> it's a song called cool. Fuzz Jam. This is a band from Australia called The Lazy Eyes. They're very inventive. I think their first album just came out last year. So yeah, check them out. This is Fuzz Jam by The Lazy Eyes, and you can find that song in the footnotes. Footnotes? Also, somebody needs to just create a poetry book of Justin's descriptions of the songs that he <laughs> recommends because try my they're best. always so good. <laughs> so poetic. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> the, if the Beatles took a lot of acid and scored a cosmic car chase, I think. Yeah, it was the first yeah. thing that popped in my head. I feel like people will agree yeah. with me. It's the only image that came to my mind. It's it's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, yep, that's it. That's <laughs> uh, amazing. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. But we are back this afternoon to tell you what is trending. And we will talk to y'all then. Bye. Bye. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Turbocharger customer experience results with nice CX-1. Now you can rapidly scale extraordinary CX with the power of the cloud. Nice CX-1 is the most complete customer experience cloud platform and is trusted by thousands of organizations around the globe. With CX-1, you can deliver frictionless self-service as well as top-notch digital and agent-assisted interactions. Get cloud-powered CX at scale. Learn more at nice.com. That's nice.com.